What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dennis and Friends podcast. Place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, or what's going on in life and around the world. My name's Dennis. I host this podcast. This is episode 22. I told you all the episodes are coming in hot and fast this week. And so this is episode number two of three, maybe four. Yesterday, we dropped a NBA playoff Mavs podcast with Noah. And today's all about hockey, and Garrett Connell is gracious enough to return with his second appearance of the show. So, Garrett, say what's up to the people. What's up? Happy to be here for round two. Yes, sir. Round two. Hopefully many more after this, for sure. We're here to talk about our stars um, after four games with the Flames. It's at least going six, thankfully. At least we know that from the get-go. And maybe at the end, we'll touch on some of the other series happening in the NHL. But for the most part, we will keep it to our stars. So... Let's just jump into it, G. I'm going to think about game one last week. It reminded me a lot of last night, but like game one was just like a hard, like it was just one of those like slow, lethargic 1-0 games where just a lot of defense, not really nobody could get anything going and a couple fights. So just a couple fights. Thoughts. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. So it was one very shocked about Klinger, especially throughout this whole series. He's I think he's leading the Dallas Stars in in penalty minutes. Last I looked, he had 24 penalty minutes and that's including a game misconduct in game one. So I was very shocked about that because Klinger never really drops the gloves, but yet he has two fights, two fights in, in what, four games. So very, very shocked there. But uh, game one was just a defensive, you know, not a mess, but just a, a defensive game. Literally both teams back and forth trying to put shots on goal, but it was, it was a defensive game and it was a really good game to watch from a, dis- a defensive standpoint, but Markstrom and uh, Otter both, you know, st- stood on their heads and definitely, you know, kept their teams in the game, but I will have to say uh, Calgary definitely in game one, um, owned the puck and they definitely had the more offensive chances and the stars were scrambling at points and uh, also they got to stay out of the box too. That, that, that's one of their biggest issues too. They're, they're, um, they're special teams. They're not, you know, they're not playing clean hockey a bit and they're, and they're struggling. They're struggling to stay out of the box and that, and that's, uh, that's not helping them out at all. We'll jump to game four here in a little bit, but it, fe- it felt very similar to that. Special teams were, were pretty rough that night. They've been kind of dominating the puck for most of the series Calgary has, but like, especially game one and four, that's been like the big differentiators. Now the games that we've won, let's go back to game two, Ottinger masterclass, Pavelski with the little tip in gold to get, just grind it out. And then we scored an empty netter there at the end. If I recall correctly, right. Game yeah. Two. Michael Roffle. Yeah. Roffle's goal, you know, and then they came back and played the same way in game three. So that's the big thing that stuck out to me so far is that when we're on, when we play our game, we have a good a chance to like win the series. When we just stick to, or if we play their game, it's it's not good for us, you know? And I think games two and three really, really showed that. Would you agree with that? What would you add to that? Oh, uh, 100%. And especially in games, games two and three, they're playing stars hockey. That is basically just putting, putting pucks on, on net and going up on the rush because we have, we have a bunch of guys that, that have speed and can use their speed to, to their ability to put the puck in the back of the net. And also when we use that speed, we, we create turnovers as well. And that's how we got that goal uh, with Pavelski. So I think it was Noah Hannafin that a defenseman for the flames turned over the puck and ended up with, I think who was it Sagan that shot it or, or Robo? 
Sagan? I think, I think Robo. Robo. Whoever shot the puck. <laughs> I totally forgot. But whoever shot the puck um, uh, created that turnover for sure. Or not, and then with the tips. So um, turnovers are key. And especially using our fast feet to put, you know, put, put the puck in, the, in our offensive zone and trying to get shots on goal. I'm thinking about game three now. Because um, game, game one was just like, we got the lucky break. We grinded it out, whatever. And then everything started to open up now that both teams have kind of figured each other out in the last two games here at home. I thought in game three, we played with just so much energy. I think part of that was just like playing with the home crowd and trying to give them a lot of pressure to really mess with them mentally and physically. And I just thought that at the end of the day, we just took advantage of all the momentum and never really gave Calgary a chance to capitalize it all. I mean, they had their moments as well. Not that they didn't score or anything, but you know, it just we were. I felt like we were on top of everything, as far as like from an energy and uh, like offensive standpoint. Oh, especially yeah, since it was the first game at home too. Uh, also, the first uh, playoff game before COVID. So three and a half years since we played the Blues. I think in 20, 2018, 20, 2019, when we lost the Blues in Game Six, I think it was the the second round, but. The, the hype was definitely there that you could just definitely hear it. I was watching on TV. The players were definitely excited and you could definitely tell that energy, the home energy definitely brought a, a lot of good. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I totally forgot what I was going to say, but a lot of the excitement on the ice for the stars. And you could definitely tell that through the way they played. And also one of the biggest things too, that uh, especially in game three and in game two as well, but especially game three back at home, the stars came out hitting. They, they were one of the most aggressive teams. And I, and this, this team in the regular season, wasn't a big team in, in hits or um, fights or anything like that. But this is the stars definitely came out with, with the goal in mind to be able to be physical and be able to own the puck in, in the offensive zone. And that's what they did. They came out, had 44 hits and in, in game three compared to 23 hits to, for the flames. So that, and also the power play ended up uh, cashing in on, on in game three, they were one, one for four. So being able to utilize special teams and cash in on special teams and our uh, penalty kill ended up shut, shutting down the flames the entire game like that definitely saved us, but it, it definitely was the home atmosphere and having that uh, home ice advantage for game three really, really, you know, gave us an edge and a competitive edge over the flames. That was the best power play display on both sides. Game three, for sure. And direct contrast to last night. And we'll talk about that here in a sec, but yeah, I would agree with everything you said. Let's go to game four. Now, I was in the building last night, as I told you, and as some of the listeners know, uh, my first Stanley Cup uh, game live in person. It was very fun. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, atmosphere-wise. And so being able to see, and I, I was kind of in the center uh, nosebleed section, uh, so I was able to see everything pretty decently well. The big thing that I think last night just came down to was just like, I, I felt like the stars were just like, kind of asleep most of the game you know like kind of lazy on a lot of like points i thought there was a lot of like turnovers in the middle of the eyes in the middle of the zone uh just a lot of lazy passes um some kind of dumb passes like back towards jake's net i just felt like we weren't sharp you know that was the the big thing and it also didn't help that i think our confidence got a little shot down with a couple of those chances that we had that definitely looked like they were going in and the post said nah you know think about there was one in the first period there was one i think late second or early third that 
you know, we hit hit the iron and, you know, that's frustrating, you know, getting a good shot off, um, knowing that we didn't get a lot of shots off last night. I mean, we gave up 50 whatever because Jake made 50 saves. Markstrom, yeah, 54 shots we gave up. So. Yeah, it's like 35 or something like that, which is that's you can't allow 50 shots in a playoff game and expect no, to but... get anywhere. But that's just me. The thing that killed us too, well, especially shots. Yeah, the Flames came out pepper and otter, but it's the the shot attempts. Uh, I read on uh, ESPN earlier said that the shot attempts for the Flames were 102 shot attempts compared to 64 shot attempts. That is a big difference, and that's that's the thing that the Stars need, need to do is be able to put the puck on net and uh, own the puck and have that puck possession. Clearly, they they did not do that the entire game. They gave up the puck too many too many times in in one in the the neutral zone and then in the defensive zone as well they just gave the puck too much up and and the flames took advantage of that just pepper and otter but otter every single time he he came up with a just a humongous save and uh, i remember uh it was uh, the biggest save of the night was against tyler Toffoli, the, the glove yeah, save the one in the um, first yeah one in the first period that definitely would have been a big game changer to fully put uh to fully put in the puck the puck in the back of the net but yeah the shots the shots and the offensive um the offensive rampage that the flames went on yesterday was just remarkable compared to what the stars put up. I, I was joking with my buddy, Josh, who I went to the game with last night, or he was joking with me of like, well, if we, if we give up or if we get on the power play, we might as well give up a penalty because we cannot do anything when we play five on four. And I know that our power play has not been that great this season, but there was moments last night that, really frustrated you know not just me but like a lot of people in the arena of like not even getting like basic passes or not even getting in the zone like couldn't even get out of the neutral zone at some points on a power play like you can't let that happen as an nhl playoff team like you got to find ways to at least get in the offensive zone and there were so many power plays last night for us where we just couldn't even cross that second blue line and that's like that's not good and then once we get there we, I, I felt like we weren't aggressive with our shots, you know, like there was countless times in the arena. I don't know if you could hear it through the TV, Garrett, but like countless times in the arena where people were just like, shoot, shoot, like during power play of like, we get, you know, get caught up in like trying to overpass or not passing enough and just kind of like waiting it out. That's frustrating. You know, like you got to take advantage of those moments where you're a man down, you know? And I also think the biggest moment uh, of the game I mean, we we were playing fine defensively up until the five on three that Calgary scored on uh, in the middle of the second. That that was the big key, you know, giving up two dumb penalties um, really quick. Also, disclaimer: the ref was also really bad last night because he was not consistent in giving calls both ways. Calgary got the the benefit of a lot of calls that that Dallas should have gotten as well, but that's not the reason why the stars lost the game but it didn't help either but that five on three it was like it was like a hooking and then something else like pretty quickly back to back and then obviously back to back real fast and yeah they score and then then the dominoes started to fall there for the flames and they uh anderson with with a nice uh nice goal from the from the point there yeah Um, in the third and then and then uh third period the uh i was i kind of disagree with the refs call on the penalty shot like yes it was yeah. a penalty, but it shouldn't have been called a penalty shot and 
Goudreau, he's probably one one of the best other than Patrick Kane going in one on one with with the goalie in, in the entire league. So yeah. it was it was bound to happen for Goudreau to put one yeah. finally. Not past even gonna lie, that Potter. was kind of nasty too. <laughs> like the way that he <laughs> yeah, it up. was a, it was a nasty goal and like got just like put just enough on it to get it through Jake's legs was kind of disgusting. I'm not even gonna lie, but I that's a weak that's a weak call in the playoffs. You know, like that's like. In the NBA, that's there's been a lot of touch fouls called in the playoffs so far across all the series, all the games. That felt like a touch foul of like, why are we calling that? Like, it's the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like the just overall throughout the entire NHL, the they just came out with a statement of like, we are not messing around this year during playoffs. Like, we're gonna we're gonna be calling calling stuff. We're gonna be strict. But I feel like in a way they're trying. They're they're doing way too much. Let's just let the boys play. <laughs> let the boys play. And yeah. It is playoffs. Things things get grindy and things are gritty and everything. But you know, still let let the boys play and and you know let let, let them play to their fullest potential and and you know be able to control the puck at least and be able to have the game flow because like in game one it was I think it was ten penalties in the first two periods the flow of the game just stopped. Yeah. It was it like it was just it was so, it wasn't hard to watch but it was just it was hard for the game to be able to flow. And so it, it was just it was kind of difficult and just kind of frustrating to watch. It's like, all right, like, yeah, it was a penalty, but it was just overcalled as a penalty shot because how many penalty shots have they called throughout the entire year? Barely any. So it kind of disagreed, but Goudreau finally put one behind Otter after what, 13, 14 shots in the series so far. And, and you know, instead of going high glove, which uh, Goudreau was trying to do the entire series, you know, you just put going five holes. So I, I agree. In the in the bits of series that I've seen besides ours, there's just been a lot of like the rest are trying to have too much control. And it's like, we don't need that. You know, like hockey's supposed to be a physical game and it's supposed to be more physical in the playoffs. So like there's got to be that balance of like letting the boys play, but also re- realizing when obvious things need to be called. And there wasn't that in our case last night. Like there was, especially there was one play where Robbo got clearly tripped, like very clearly tripped and mm-hmm. they didn't do a thing about it. And then like, I'm pretty sure like not too long after that, like we tugged, I don't remember who it was, I, either player, but we tugged one of the Calgary guys just slightly and they got a penalty. It's like, what are we doing? Like, can we at least be like firm and consistent with what we're calling? But I mean, like I said, that's not the reason why we lost the game, but that's just. Oh, no, 100 percent. But still, some of those some of those calls contributed to, to the score of the game. And the thing is, if, if you're going to be strict and calling things then call everything. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not going to be strict and not call everything, then then don't. But you can, you know, flip a coin, be like, am I going to choose choose this to be a penalty or not? Like, oh, yeah, it looks like tripping and eh, maybe I'm not going to call it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. If I told you last week that we would go back to Calgary, having already won two games, would you have been happy? Like, are you happy that we've won two games of the first four? Oh, I'm I'm ecstatic that we won two games. I was afraid. I was very afraid that we were going to go down in the series 3-1. Very afraid that we were going to go down 3-1 and be like, all right, we're going to be going back to Calgary trying trying to survive literally trying to survive and you know potentially lose lose a series uh four one but in, in the last podcast i had a, <laughs> the prediction of of the stars losing in six games but hopefully since you know game six will be back in dallas on friday that the stars you know could be able to use that energy again that they used in game three and be able to own the puck 
own the puck. That's that's my biggest thing is owning the puck and having puck possession because we clearly didn't have that in game game four and in game one either. Just be able to have that puck possession and use use the energy, you know, through throughout the throughout the AAC and just being being able to just pepper uh, Markstrom. Yeah, and just wake up, you know, like we just gotta be on top of it um, across all all facets of the game, you know, like we can't be lazy like we were last night um, specifically. So I would expect tomorrow to be really, really good game. And I hope it's open. There was a stretch in the second period where things started to really open up offensively because the first period was just like, yeah, Calgary's getting a lot of possession and stuff, but also there's not a lot of shots happening. Um, There's not a lot of like big open play. And then the second period, everything switched in that regard. I hope the whole game's like that because that's, that's more exciting and the game flows better in that way oh a hundred percent hundred percent and hopefully we hopefully the we get a little bit more of that puck luck which is just determined hockey because yesterday it was it was clear that the flames had a little bit of puck luck and uh a lot of things were going their way and that's what happens though when when you know the stars though are turning over the puck everywhere and just making a bunch of mistakes in your own zone and everything through that the, the flames definitely had had the puck on their on their side for sure do you think we win tomorrow? That's a that's a good question. I I think since the game is back in Calgary, I think it's going to be a very close game. But I I really do think the Flames are going to pull out the win, which I, I hate to say it, but after the game yesterday here in Dallas, it was it was tough to watch because defensively we just we couldn't we couldn't get the puck out of our own zone at points. Sagan and Klingberg and Robo were out there on a shift for over three minutes at one point. They were just, they were exhausted. And then the only thing that saved us was, uh, was a, a power play that we had. So I really feel like if the stars went to Calgary for game five and played the way they did in game four, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be in trouble. But if they came out the way that they played in game three, I think it's going to be a, cl- a very, very close game, a very, very close game and a very, very good game to watch. Uh, especially just having that hype factor and just being able to be physical and and just playing a defensive game, but also owning the puck in the offensive zone and creating possession and creating those chances, cycle the puck down low and getting shots on goal. Got to find scoring. Got to find scoring, especially outside of Pavelski too, because obviously he's been our, our best offensive player uh, this whole series. So I know Robbo's adjusting a lot. And has been throughout this whole series because he hasn't been in the playoffs before. But need guys like him to step up. It was good to see Sagan score. I know it didn't matter in the end, but it was good to see Sagan score last night. Oh, it was really nice, really nice goal. And also that was a just a an old Sagan, old old school Sagan goal too, right on yeah. the rush and top shelf. So it was really yeah. nice to see a glimpse of of Sagan being able to shoot the puck because this year we haven't been able to see him shoot the puck a whole lot. Yeah, I thought the the line of him, the vet line, as I like to say, of him and and Jamie and and Radulov was probably our best line last night, because our top line was not. I I don't know what was up with Rupe. I thought Rupe was awful last night. He just gave away the puck just consistently, and Pavelski and and Robo just kind of get just got shut down um, by their defense. So credit to Calgary there. But I thought that that at least when Ben. Uh, Tyler and and Radulov were in like there was there was energy there was some fight there was some some will that they were trying to impose. I mean even like Jamie getting like getting in a fight with somebody ended up getting in the penalty box there in the third. You know like there was some some energy there from from that top line that I thought opened up more offensively, um, and they were able to control in the neutral zone better 
the puck, you know, and just didn't see that from our top line, which we need that from our top line. Like if we're going to match, I remember what we talked about last week, like our top line can match up with their top line. If we can't even stick with it in the neutral zone and find ways to get in the offensive zone without like, you know, being lazy with our passing and stuff like that, then that just creates a whole world of mess. Like our top line needs to be there. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you there. It's just the, the flames definitely shut down our top line yesterday and it was evident. And uh, hopefully like at the end of the game, game last night though, the couple fights and uh, it just got a little grindy down there. Hopefully we could bring that energy back to Calgary though tomorrow, because if we don't have that energy, energy tomorrow, we're in trouble. I'm going to say we don't win tomorrow. But I, I think it's close. I don't think we get 4-1 again. But I do think we come back and win game six. And then it's just, we'll see what happens on Sunday in game seven. Oh, uh, yeah. So. I, I agree with you Agree with you there. So, um, you know, a couple takeaways for the stars or three keys uh, for, that I have um, developed, I guess you could say, for the stars to win the series. Um, just if y'all are curious, though. I'll give them to y'all to free charge too, yes, by the way, please, please. but, um, one, like I said, in the previous podcast, depth scoring Pavelski can't, can't do it by himself. Robo hasn't done a whole lot and hence, but they need to step up. But also we need to have again, Sagan rads, uh, Ben, some of those guys step up, uh, Glenn Denning, a few of those guys to step up and put the puck in the back of the net because without other people scoring, then we won't be able to win games. Also number two, we need to win the special teams game. We, we need to be able to control the puck in, in the offensive zone for playoffs and be, and be able to capitalize during playoffs or during uh, the power play. So if we don't convert during the power play and be able to crisply pass the puck and be, in, be able to enter the zone, then we're going um, to be in trouble if we don't uh, capitalize on special teams. And also from that, we need to stay out of the box. We cannot be stupid. We, we got to play smart and we got to play aggressive too, but we can't be stupid through our aggressiveness. And then lastly, um, I've said this multiple times throughout the podcast today. Uh, we definitely need to own the puck in the offensive zone. We, we need to be able to possess the puck and, and be down there and tire, tire out their, uh, their defensive core uh, and uh, get shots on goal. So those are, those are the main keys for the stars to win the series. And if, if they don't, uh, don't check off those boxes, all three boxes, then we're going to potentially be, be out in six games. 100% agree. Also, can I just say, <laughs> watching the game last night in person, I, I'm, I'm watching Hawk and Paw. <laughs> you know, he's wearing number two. He's a large man. And I, I have to remind myself, that's not Alexiak. <laughs> like, he has the same exact build and, like, frame as Jamie Alexiak. And he's also just a large human being. So I, I leaned <laughs> over. I was like, wait a minute. What? Is he back? But I have to remember, like, no, Jamie's in Seattle. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. um from was it st louis right is that where he came from right before or uh carolina carolina okay he wasn't the only louis difference between point. alexiak and uh hawk and paw is hawk and paw has more uh, more facial hair than yeah than, literally uh, than the big rig <laughs> yeah for real yeah and, and big rig would always have some clutch goals and playoffs and obviously hawk and paw is oh yeah so definitely he he definitely knew how to put the uh, some weird plays and put the puck in the back of the net for, for a big guy. Yeah. So yeah. Miss you big rig dangle uh-huh. snipe and Sully there, but yeah, wish we had him. He, he would be a great player for, for these playoffs, but Hawk and Paws definitely stepped up this yeah. year and especially in these playoffs. Yeah. He hasn't been bad at all. I, thought, I mean, our defensive have been okay. I haven't like even watching the game last night. I, 
I'm looking at some of the guys who are like, oh, I've, nobody really stood out in like a terrible way. Like Miro, Miro did Miro things and Klinger did Klinger things. Hawk and Paw was fine, you know? Like it was really our our forwards that really let us down last night. Like I said, especially Rupe. I thought Rupe had probably played probably one of his worst games of his life last night, just in the way that he just forgot how to like pass the puck and how to control the puck in basic zones. I don't know. I was not super thrilled about that last night. I'm sure you, you were not either, but. Oh yeah. We, we couldn't, we couldn't break out the puck at all in our, out of our zone. It was, it was definitely tough to watch because every time we get the puck in our defensive end, they, their forecheck would just kill us. We, we could, we were just scared to get the puck out for some weird reason. Don't know why, but um, there's definitely guys throughout um, the, the defensive core that have stepped up. I, like, I'm not sure if you saw Joel Hanley's a uh, uh, shot block, diving yeah. shot block yeah. in the second. Yep. A um, bunch of those guys are stepping up. The only big thing to, too, though, I'm worried about um, is Elias Lindholm. So they need a, the defensive core just needs to watch out for a bunch of those high slot goals. Those guys are just lingering in through the high slot because Lindholm has scored every single goal, uh, all three goals in the series, um, yeah. high slot. Okay. Let's briefly touch on some of these uh, other playoff series. I don't think we need to talk much at all about Colorado just beating the crap out of Nashville um, because obviously we knew that was going to Was that even a series? No. It, I mean, it was 4 four zero. It was a clean sweep. So maybe Vegas should have made it. I don't know. Maybe Vegas would have at least won a game or two to like make it interesting. But Oh, or at least put, put up a, you know, a couple more goals because just allowing seven goals in two two games of the series is just ridiculous. And then also another game, uh, game four was, you know, five goals that the Preds let in. So um, I feel like in the next couple of years or throughout the next couple of years, the Predators are going to be in a rebuild mode. Yeah, this is this feels like the beginning of of that for sure. Um, it's It's been coming for a while, too. Like they're like golden era, not their golden era, but like this really good long stretch that they've had. It's felt like it's coming to a head, and I think this is the the end of that. Yeah, but that whole series was just embarrassing for Nashville. Yeah, they made it to Game Two and OT, but oof, that was just is just not good. So, yeah. but they have they have some uh, some hope though, and uh, with uh, Roman Yossi, he scored over yep. sixty points in the regular season this year. So he he definitely went off, and also you got. Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne had uh, solid seasons as well in the regular season, but uh, Colorado is just clearly the better team. Clearly, yeah, they're insane. Clearly, yeah. the better team. Yeah, I honestly, at this point, I would be shocked if they don't make the Cup final. Colorado, they just look so good, and I know they played a vastly inferior opponent just now, but they look amazing. You know, like I don't know how you can stop their offense. Yeah, their their offense is just is just a parable powerful force to be dealt with yeah. so just just any team in the playoffs just has a lot lot to handle yeah speaking of series that have seven goals in two games let's talk about seven goals in one game the the penguins last night scoring seven goals on the rangers and now that's the only other series that's not two to two it's three one pittsburgh um after they just thrashed uh new york last night any thoughts on that series that stand out I really thought it was going to be a closer series, personally. Uh, I was not expecting the the Pens to be up 3-1. Uh, the Rangers had a really good year uh, in the regular season. Uh, very shocked with uh, Chris Kreider, who scored over 40 goals this year. He's never done that in his career. Um, and then they have a couple guys coming up as well. 
but yeah, I've the game game one. How many uh, how many OTs did it go in? Uh, three OTs. So that was a that was yeah. a great game to be able just to just to watch and and see. That was just like I'd be exa- I was exhausted watching that, but it's it's fine. Very close game, and then game two, you're like, all right, dang the 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 Rangers might actually do really well. They might actually <laughs> come out uh, up in the series a little bit since they won five two, but defensively they just can't figure it out because in games three and four they both both games they let in seven goals each so i wouldn't be shocked if penguins win it in game five because the rangers literally have no idea right now what to do defensively they're they're struggling and um they need to be able to lock it down and if they're not able to lock it down then the pens are going to easily you know get past them in game five uh, these other series, like I said, they're all two to two, pretty much. Not shocked at all at the the Capitals Panthers series being two two. I thought that was the one. That's a very that's a one eight matchup, but it's like not one versus eight because if you have Alex Ovechkin on your team, you have a chance, you know. And they had just have so much playoff experience that uh that can ride them through the wave. And Florida doesn't have that, even though they've been the best team in the league in the regular season. So I I'm happy that that series has been. Uh, a barn burner so far um, I don't know about you but I'm very happy about that and about Tampa Bay and Toronto being 2-2 as well just to make things spicy oh yeah um, I just I hope the, the the Panthers make it out of this series um, I won't be surprised though if it makes it to game seven I'm I'm really surprised you know won't be surprised if, if it does so I'm very excited to see what else happens in this series the the you know both teams are very good offensively they got they got a bunch of assets and weapons you got Ovechkin Nicholas Backstrom uh, for the Caps and then you got Barkov Huberto Giroux um, Bennett as well for for the Panthers so they they have you know it's it's a very good series um just very excited to see see if it makes it to game seven and I think that'll be be a very very good game to watch um but hopefully the panthers make it out and then uh i think i don't know who who they'd be playing next the toronto or uh, i think it's toronto or um tampa i think so yeah so if you know the florida teams play against each other that would be a very good series to watch and i think it would be a rematch of last year as well even though tampa squashed florida also this uh it's just been a high-scoring playoffs. Very shocked about that. That's a, that's a that's one thing to note. It's been yeah, a high-scoring playoffs. Scoring usually goes down pretty significantly. So yeah, minus the the Stars and Flames uh, series, which has been the lowest-scoring series out of um, all the playoff series in the NHL. It's been it's been crazy of how many goals um, goals there have been. Uh, game one for Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay was five zero five goals for. For Toronto, then you go to Game Two, and Tampa Bay puts up five goals. And then you come back, and Toronto puts up five goals. And then Game Four, it's just it's just been this um, you know leapfrog thing every single game. Game Four, Tampa Bay puts up seven goals. That's a very good series to watch. It just seems like it's just you know everyone's scoring goals, and you know you know you get a goal, you get a goal, everyone gets a goal type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So that most likely you know if that continues for Games Five and Six, it will definitely go to Game Seven, and it will be. It'll be very also another good game to watch too, but definitely all those teams that if they do make it to game seven, they're going to be tired for the next series. Yeah, absolutely. The the series that really intrigues me of these other ones that we haven't talked about, I mean, Bruins Hurricanes has been super fun to watch. 
Um, Blues Wild has been interesting. Um, go Minnesota, by the way, because I hate St. Louis. But Kings Oilers has been really fun. Like, really, really fun. Anytime that I've been able to watch uh, any of their games, I just, you know, I like I can't take my eyes off the TV. And I don't know. And I know that Los Angeles doesn't have, like, that great of a roster, especially when you think about the firepower that Edmonton has up top with uh, McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. But it's been fun, you know? Like, it's it's kind of thrilling for... It's like, I don't know what the, the seats they are, what seats they are, both of these teams in the grand team of the conference, but it's been really, really exhilarating for, you know, just like a middle of the road, couple of middle of the road teams, you know? Oh yeah. I, I agree with you there. And also I feel, I feel like the, the Kings were in a rebuild mode and I thought they were still in a re- rebuild mode, but here we are with a kind of a shocker for them making playoffs and they're the three seed too. So they weren't even a wild card spot. So the, the Kings did very well this year, but I'm looking at the series and everything and the games that they have lost, they have lost big. Yeah. They have lost big 6-0 and then 8-2. The, the games that the, the Kings are losing, those are the games that you know that uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are just going off. Yeah. Absolutely going off. But um, it's very it's very cool to be able to watch, too, uh, the last couple games because you got Anze Kopitar and then you got uh, Dustin Brown. Um, you know, long, long time Kings and Dustin, Dustin Brown, I think is retiring at the end of the year as well. So being able to watch, watch them and, uh, build that chemistry together. And for Brown, the, the captain, the Kings, uh, one more time is, is, uh, is something really cool to watch. And hopefully the, hopefully maybe the Kings, uh, pull out, pull out a couple more wins and extend the series a bit, but with the offensive, uh, firepower that the Oilers have is just absolutely insane. And, Mm-hmm. Um, two of the top goal scorers in NHL, so it's it's going to be tough for the Kings to be able to shut it down and defensively too. It's just it's it's going to be it's going to be a you know very hard to deal with. Jonathan Quick, man, that's uh, there's your answer there. Keeping keeping the dream alive down there for the Kings. It feels like this man is never going to retire from the NHL. Yeah, any, and his name time. dropped off a bit too. So I know I thought I thought he was going to be done, like basically pull a Ryan Miller in a way. His name just dropped off a bit, or like a Jimmy Howard, just names you know very 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 good for a couple of years, you know, in their prime, and then all of a sudden just drop off. Yeah, and, but it, it really seems like Quick is uh, you know made a quick turnaround there. So yeah. uh, you know, ho- hopefully he could uh, he could be able to you know, stop the puck a bit and, uh, you know, win a couple games for, for the Kings and again, really extend this series because whoever wins this series too, um, will play the stars flames, whoever wins that series. So, um, either or whatever, whatever teams win, um, you know, win the Oilers Kings series, um, it's going to be a really good series. Oh, sign me up for a stars Oilers series, bro. Sign me up for that. I'm here. I love to see us beat Connor McDavid. Not that I don't like Connor McDavid because I like him a lot, actually, but it'd be fun to, to rain on his parade a little bit, especially with how hot they started this year and how they also went like super down. But uh, that's hockey for you, I guess. Any other series or anything else you want to mention about all seven of these first round series for we- Um. Oh, one, one more series. Just want to know the uh, Bruins Hurricanes. Your boys from Boston. Oh yeah, the you know definitely was stressful the first two games. I was like, oh oh dear, the the you know the the bees are gonna lose in four because it was just it was just tough to watch. But uh, once once the Bruins made it back to the Garden in Boston, they they definitely been been uh, playing 
Bruins hockey and uh, you got Bergeron and uh, Pasta, uh, Pasternak, uh, just, you know, doing, doing what they do and uh, uh, offensively just holding down the fort for, for, for those bees. So it, it's looking like a good series now since it's two, two, but the first two games though, oof, oof, I'm going to say oof. That's all I could say because it was scary. That's been another interesting series. I like Carolina a lot, but I also have always liked the Bruins. I've never had like a, a distaste for them. So um, I need to watch more of that series in Italy, though. That's that's one that hasn't, I guess it's just an earlier time. So I haven't been able to watch because I've been able to watch a lot of the later games just because that's kind of how my schedule works out is that I work early evenings yeah, they... and then get off later. So I've been able to watch whatever is the late night games. And it, especially with NBA, like I told you last week, like I, if I'm, if I'm going to choose between hockey and, and basketball, I'll watch basketball. But I have been trying to be intentional about watching more of these playoff series with hockey, especially when, you know, like you have weird games like the Sixers beating the the Heat by 20 the other night and then coming back and beating them again. So I don't know. It's been it's been one that I admittedly have not watched enough of, but I need to keep my tabs on it because it's also 2-2, like literally every other series. So. But yeah. go Bruins for you. I'm, I'm going to join. Oh, yeah. Your go, side of go, Bruins. Yeah. go Bruins. Go Bruins. Still a big Stars fan, but in the Eastern Conference, hopefully the Bruins can pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. I hope but, uh, we haven't talked about Tampa and, and Toronto. And I still really want Toronto to win it. I still really hope that they pull it out. I know that we do not like Austin Matthews on this podcast. We don't like him as individuals. Um, yeah. Sorry, Austin. But I don't like Tampa more. <laughs> And I'm tired of that's another play. thing too it's just like which you know which one do you want do you want you know tampa to go back and hopefully three peat i don't want that that's just boring yeah um stam coast has had too much fun and i don't want pat maroon to win what four in a row yeah that guy's the worst and i don't so, want Corey perry to win one after leaving us so yeah Corey perry that's that's your loss sorry yeah. Hopefully you don't win another one. You you had your fun in 07 with the Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. Bring back the Mighty Ducks name, please, and thank you. Pretty sick logo. Miss the old logo, though. Yes, the old logo rules. One thing off-brand. Off well, not off-brand. It's, it's still talking about hockey. What are the Coyotes going to do with their arena? <laughs> like... Are are they ever are they going to just be content with being in a five thousand seat arena next year or like what are they? Gonna uh, do? You mean for the next three years? Three years. Oh yeah, I read goodness. something that they're in uh, they're in there for the next two to three years. They're going to lose so much money, dude. Like the amount of revenue you're going to lose off of ticket sales. Yeah, three year three year deal. Um, deal to Arizona State is complete. So I don't. I really don't know what they're going to do. I literally don't know. I just know they're in a full rebuild mode. Literally, I just, they have a bunch of scrubs on their team and, you know, Phil Kessel, who loves his hamburgers and hot dogs. So, um, <laughs> so other, other than that, I really don't know. They have a couple young guys. They got uh, Clayton Keller um, and then that's it. <laughs> but the, I know they loaded in draft picks. Um, they got, I think, a couple first rounders for the next couple years since they literally are cleaning house. I don't know. I heard, apparently, there's more fan support, and not not in Glendale, but uh, where Arizona State's located, which I think is, I don't know. I don't think it's Phoenix, if I remember correctly. It's not Phoenix. It's right outside of Phoenix. Okay, I'll look it up while you keep talking. 
yeah, it's Glendale. Glendale was not a good spot for hockey. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Oh, it's in Tempe. Ah, it's in Tempe. Okay. Yeah. And also that area too is a little bit more, a uh, higher income. So, you know, you know, those people definitely pay a couple more bucks to watch their coyotes lose again. Yeah, true. I mean, hockey's a, not to get into like economic demographics and stuff, but like hockey's a high income sport, you know, like the people that are involved in it, the people that have their kids go through it, the people that attend the games, like it's, it's cause it's not a cheap, cheap endeavor by any means, you know? So. Oh, it's, it's not definitely like, you know, when I was younger and stuff, just playing hockey and everything, playing high school hockey and select hockey, it's, it's a lot to be able to play, but also for the gear and everything, it's very, very, very expensive. And, um, also the travel as well. On top of that, it, it was, it was a lot. And, you know, I'm still very thankful for my parents being able to uh, give me the opportunity to play something that I absolutely loved and, and fell in love with and, mm-hmm. um, definitely are very, very blessed by them. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, it just reaches a small demographic and really hope one day that hockey could be able to grow for anyone and everyone to play. Yeah. It's a great sport, but it's just, it's not as big as football and baseball or, or anything like that. And, um, it just reaches a very, very smaller demographic, but hopefully, hopefully it'll reach out to, to a lot more people, um, in the future. Yeah. It's getting there. I, I think the the league is, is growing more and more every year with like expansion and, uh, it's more accessible to watch games this year. I feel, I, I just felt like when the league was under the NBC deal that it was just really hard to watch games like especially national games like i felt like i know i i could watch games but it was just you felt like it was harder to watch anything until the cup final where like this year like the split between espn and tnt has actually been really good um as far as like how they pushed it especially tnt i think tnt's done a really great job with their coverage this year not to say that espn hasn't been bad but also espn has priorities with MLB and and football especially and so once football season and then they really started to kickstart their their hockey coverage um but it's been cool to see that grow and to see and to like be able to know that like I can flip to one of these four channels between TBS TNT and regular ESPN and ESPN2 and there's probably hockey on at this point of the year so that's been really nice um, to have the more accessibility and I hope the league like notices that and I'm sure they have but like I hope they expand on that as much as possible you know like it's been cool to to have more access to games this year than ever before because NBC was just like NBC regular and NBCSN and now NBCSN doesn't even exist anymore so there's that for you yeah NBC really limited the growth of hockey I, I feel like because a lot of people didn't have NBC Sports Network and it was only limited to one channel so being able to sign with ESPN, uh, I think for next 10 years, uh, that, that contract and deal, it's, I think is going to be a really good opportunity to be able to grow the game of hockey and, uh, build that brand awareness for the NHL, because you got ESPN plus all those games on, then you got the, uh, the national games on ESPN, uh, televised. So I really feel like the NHL is making that next step to being able to be more nationally recognized and being able to grow the game for just just not not that specific demographic but for everyone and hopefully hopefully a lot more people get interested in the game and uh, 
and being able to, you know, attend games and, uh, you know, the viewing rates are higher and stuff. So I really like what the NHL is doing and, um, you know, hopefully it grows throughout the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. It's also cool that, uh, ABC is going to have both the NBA and Stanley cup finals, like back to back this year, which is like really, I don't know. I think that's super cool to be able to like say that like, Oh, like, we'll have this for two weeks and then like two or three weeks later, we'll have this for the next two weeks. So it's cool that that's happening. Also, it's interesting. I know that COVID and the schedule was weird this year, but it's also super interesting that we're in the middle of May and we're still talking about the first round when in a normal year, like the first round would have happened like a month ago, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like because NBA and NHL usually start and then their seasons around the same time. Usually NHL starts earlier, like a week or two before and this year was the opposite. And then obviously the big COVID outbreak in December and the suspension of the season for a couple of days and the Olympic break that wasn't even an Olympic break because we didn't go to the Olympics and all that. You know, it, it feels weird that it's getting pretty late into the, the spring and we're about to be deep into the summer. And, you know, like we're just getting to the end of the first round. So I don't know. I think that's interesting. Not to bash the NHL or anything, but they're going back to a little bit of the growth of hockey. They um, definitely the past couple of years of not allowing NHL players to be able to go and represent their countries and uh, being able to play in the Olympics and stuff has definitely hindered uh, just a lot of you know national pride for one being able to represent your country, but also for everyone throughout the entire world to watch world class players uh, play and just being able to miss that has been very disappointing uh, because the last time was, I think it was Sochi when, um, when NHL players were able to play. Yeah, so hopefully, right. hopefully the next, next Olympics, the NA, NHL players can, can go over and play because it's been, it's been very disappointing. And not only for like team USA, it, it was ugh, very, very, very disappointing, but, uh, to watch, but just overall, just the United States, Canada rivalry to Finland and Sweden rivalries and, and all that is, is so fun to watch when you have the world-class players playing and not only from the NHL, but also over overseas as well, the K, KHL and, and all those, uh, leagues. It's, it's very fun to watch all those players uh, play together and play against each other and, and being able to display that national pride. Um, and also your team pride too, from, you know, wherever you're playing professionally. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with all of that, my friend. Okay. I think that's a good place to, to wrap her up for the day g thanks for for being willing again to join um i'm sure we'll do at least one more of these um when the series finally comes to an end and we'll see after that but i appreciate all your insight and your analysis and your your hockey brain um it helps me <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for having me, me on again i appreciate yeah. it. these are these are fun so hopefully people are listening and yes yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully uh, more people listen as well but it's good to have your brain because it helps me grow and learn and see things that I that I wouldn't normally see because I, I feel like a no vice still in a lot of in my hockey viewing. So um, I appreciate uh, what you bring. Um, listener, um, thanks for being here. Um, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a nice little rating on Apple and Spotify and Google and all that. Five stars uh, would be really great if you did that. Um, nice little review as well. Um, follow the podcast on Instagram at Dennis and Friends Pod. Garrett's uh, social media will be in the show notes as well as mine. Um, so you can follow him there if you would like and uh, email the pod if you have any ideas or suggestions or whatever. 
um, dennisandfriendspod at gmail.com. Like I said, this is episode two of at least three this week. The next episode, I'm just going to give it away now, is EPL Talk with Clayton, which I'm very excited about because we have not done that in a while. And him and I have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. It might be a very long episode, just a heads up. Uh, And so, yeah, so we've got at least that one and then maybe one more later this week before uh, I spend, like I said yesterday, a week of my life on a boat and uh, trying to figure out uh, how to navigate cruise life, which will be very fun, but that's for next week. So all that to say, uh, thanks for being here again. Be good. Do good. Goodbye. Garrett, say bye. Houston.